Today is a special Sunday. As I mentioned last week, today, every Sunday after Thanksgiving, we have what's called our Testimony a Sunday. And so without further ado, I want us to check out this awesome testimony from one of our family members here, uh, the Flores family. Hello, my name is Arturo Flores III, and this is my wife. I'm Pat Flores. And we have been married for 29 years, believe it or not. Everything before was everything together all the time. One vehicle, one cell phone, together 24-7 all the time to now being apart all the time. And so the dynamic changed a little bit, and I, I was coaching, and so I was away a lot, and I began to fail. and. Uh, more and more and more and you know I felt my family felt, felt, felt uh, my wife I mean I can't tell you how many times Pat has metaphorically divorced me you know we would uh, avoid you know each other and so those those are the metaphorical divorces that I call them you know we, we don't speak for for months and that became more and more norm and more it, it happened more frequent and more frequent and more frequent until finally you know you know what like it's not going to be metaphorical anymore like this is it I'm done I had found out, I mean, there had been some infidelity, and I was like, that's it, I'm done. Like, I mean, we had been so close, and we were best friends for so long, and here you think that this person, you know, and it just, at that point, I did, I did seek out an attorney, and I did file, I, I did file, actually. And, I, and for the first time, I began to feel that it might really be over, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up, sort of. I begin a new job, and in this new job, I work with uh, Monica Mireles. I know her husband, we went to high school together. So today we're gonna meet at Clark Middle for this particular day. That day, Monica forgot her keys or she forgot something or other, and I guess Mario went to go drop off whatever she, she forgot. And it just so happens that I'm walking out and he's walking in. And say, hey, Arturo, how are you doing? Uh, hey, Mario, and all this and all that. And, and I could tell immediately that he was a different man. I already knew from, from social media, and I could see, and, and, and I won't tell you what I thought, but you can only imagine what I thought when I would see all those postings. And, but I could tell. I could tell that, that he was completely different, and I took it as an opportunity to wedge myself into their lives. And I went, I went to Monica, hey, Mario, and all this. And, and I just took advantage. And I say, hey, he looks good. Yeah, he's doing real good. And so, hey, what church do you all go to? And well, I, and I knew, I knew perfectly where they, they went to. And so she tells me, we go, we go to Grace Bible Church. It took her, took her a few seconds it took, uh, before it clicked. And she says, hey, you guys should come. You and Pat should totally come. And I go, we should, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention it, yeah. Mentioned it to her and I go, perfect, there, there's a who go this Sunday. And, and she told me the times and we have this great pastor and you're gonna love it and you can wear whatever you want and you can take your coffee. And it's okay, sounds fun. I'm, uh, I'm searching what, what I saw in Mario, but how do I sell it? How do, they don't even talk to me at home. Yeah, and, and he did come and he, um, he came straight to me that afternoon. And he's like, hey, you know, like my new boss, like you know her. And he was like, do me a solid, like, you need to come with me, please. Like, and we weren't in speaking terms, so. And I was like, no, I'm, we're not going. I'm not gonna confuse my children. Like, they're going to Catholic church. I'm not gonna, like, take them to someplace else. And honestly, I think I was just really angry at him. I wasn't even hearing whatever he was trying to say, but I think maybe the third Sunday came around and 
I finally said, okay, we're gonna go, but first we're going to mass, and then we're gonna drop off the kids, because I'm not taking my kids there. And then you and I will go, and we'll say hi to your boss, and that'll be the end of it. We do walk in, Monica and Mario like walked us, and we sat by them, and you know, the minute I walked in, I just like started crying, like the worship team had just started, and you know, they were, singing and I just I mean I was songs I'd never heard before in my life but somehow it just like I was just like crying the whole the whole service and you know Pastor Chad started you know giving and I, I just the entire service I just cried I could not stop crying it, it was for me it was similar the the worship team really it was different it was like something I had never heard it sounded so different from everything that I had heard and it, it, it just hit me and then Pastor Shad spoke about forgiveness, believe it or not. And I remember clearly like just feeling like if he was talking to me and forgiveness, but I don't mean like for Pat to forgive me. I mean, like I needed to forgive myself that it's okay that God already forgave me that Jesus died on the cross. And it was like, wow, it was completely mind blowing. Like we walked out of there uh, and you know, I would hate to say it, but we walked out of there completely different. It, it, it was just something else and then of course, Monica being Monica followed up with lunch. Let's go to lunch. And so... Irene and Gilbert came because we've known them for a very long time. And then, uh, Gilbert and, and Mario just, boom, they just slapped at home. And like, this is this is the way, guys. And I remember clearly before we left, Mario told me something. Está mejor de este lado, Arturo. De donde estábamos antes, está mejor de este lado. And so he meant, like, it's a lot better on this side than it was where we were. And it, it was just one of those things where everything changed. The following week, uh, uh, it, it, the, the week, the whole week was a good week. But then the following week, we took the kids, and this was the this was it. This is what you know tied us to Grace River. We took the kids, and the kids, they loved it. the they kids loved caught it. it. And so things were great. And this is wow. This is an instant fix. So I thought. And so start saying up to everything that I can possibly imagine. And guess what? They have a marriage group and re-engage. And man, if, you're, if your marriage is broken, this is it. This is what you need to do. That's the way they built it. I think it was Eddie at the time. And, and he's saying like, if your marriage is in trouble, whether it is or it isn't, if your marriage is a zero or a 10, you can benefit from re-engage. Let's do it. Let's sign up. Of course, that was another argument. Pat didn't, wasn't really, and Pat doesn't like to share our, our, our problems obviously because they're they're embarrassing I, and I totally get it but I knew I had to do it signed us up convinced her to go we went in separate cars at first I really didn't want to go but uh, we were getting the text messages where they're like reminding you and like so we end up going we went in separate cars and he gets off and he walks towards uh, my car and they opened the door because there was another couple going in and it was the pastor's house. It was Pastor Chad's house. We were going going to do re-engage with at the pastor. And I was like, I'm not going to go in there and tell the pastor of the church, like all our mess. Like, I'm not going to go throw it all in there, like in front of everybody. And so we go in. Finally, he's like, you have to go in. You have to go in. Like, so we go in and I tell them, like, when you have to introduce yourself, I said, I'm just here to listen. I'm not going to talk. I don't want to tell you all anything. I'm not going to share. So we have been at Reengage and I'm extremely excited, extremely happy, and everything's going great. And we met so many wonderful people that are still in our, in our lives right now. Uh, but we were only able to do that for, for a few weeks.
we still weren't like in a great relationship like we were still struggling but I knew something was wrong um I I still was moving forward with the divorce like I even though we were going to graze I kind of halted a little bit but I still felt like it was something I wanted to do and uh he got very sick so I remember telling him like he was looking bad he was like passing I told him like you need to see a specialist so I made an appointment with a doctor in San Antonio and we fought the whole way because he didn't want to take a day off from work because it was it was nothing so when we get over there they do a full panel and all kinds of labs and stuff and we come back home um the next day or two days after that I get a call no it was the next day I get a call and to work and they told me like you need to bring your husband back in um, his organs are shutting down he's critical and I was like no he's at work like what are you talking about so we went till the next day and we didn't go to the hospital we went to the doctor's office again and when we got there they called an ambulance like they called 911 and they took him and I was like okay so it's real like it's really him uh, and yes his organs were shutting down and we didn't know that but that was that that was what was happening so within 48 hours like they started interventions but what it did is that it like made him deteriorate a lot quicker second day that we were there they they told me that he was very very sick that his they weren't helping like the medications weren't helping the interventions and that he probably wouldn't make the night and and it was just so quick and everything just happened so fast and I remember calling um, Monica and Irene whom I had gotten very close to and they would pray with me like over the phone and I remember calling them like you know they, they're telling me he's not gonna make the night it just didn't make sense to me but they told us like, they told me if you have family they need to come so my son who was 19 at that time had to drive all our kids six kids and Oscar at that point was like a year old or maybe not even one um, and he drove over there uh, at, in the evening uh, to go say their goodbyes uh, and it was you know here I was I think at that point I felt like like this is not how I wanted to get rid of him God like come on now like I wanted to divorce him not have him die like you know what I mean it was really I, I mean I say it jokingly now but back then it was it was a really really you know emotional and difficult time having to go through that and then the doctor shows up at five in the morning he's like whoa he's still here <laughs> you know he's fighting I guess you know so they started he, he was gonna try different medications and I had to sign some waivers and ended up being a very lengthy stay um, over there in ICU and then in regular hospitals. I think we were over there for about maybe two months. And during this time, my sister pretty much moved into our, moved into our house to take care of our kids. And Monica and Irene had reached out to the church and you know, my sister would call me and she's like, all these random people are showing up at the house with food for the kids. Like, who are these people, you know? And at the house, my daughter, my older daughter was like, we need to go to church. We need to go to church because they had already caught fire and they were really plugged into grace already. So she would take her siblings to church and my she would tell my sister, like, you need to come with us, Tiala. You need to come see this. Like, you have to go. Because my sister was like, where are all these people? Like, why are they coming? They don't even know your mom. And so finally my sister ended up going but i was um, trying to seek out like specialists like i was on the phone constantly trying to find specialists and one of the 
treating team doctors from San Antonio, because he had like a team of doctors that were treating him, happened to know like this doctor in Omaha, Nebraska. And like Omaha, Nebraska is like the capital of like intestinal disorders and they even do intestinal transplants. And you know, and I, I didn't even know that. So um, he helps us get an appointment. And but they said, whenever they cancel, somebody cancels, you're gonna have to get there. Like, you know, you'll have very like little time to prep. So we finally get the call in January and we had to take off. Like it, it was, I think January 5th and we, you know, scrambled and I, you know, started, I start, they called me uh, that we were gonna have to leave like as soon as there was a cancellation, right? So I started gathering funds. I started like cashing out things that we had. I started selling furniture, selling jewelry. We had a fridge outside, I sold it. I had an extra living room, I sold it. I started selling everything I could possibly so we could get funds together. They start running tests to see if um, he's a candidate because they do intestinal transplants to see if there was anything they could do, if they could match him. So he's going through all these different things and uh, I get a call from home from that one of my children was in trouble. I didn't want to tell him because if he would have, like, if he would leave, he was gonna lose his spot because it's very hard to get into that list. And we had gotten in there already through a huge, like, favor and miracle, like all the stars aligned to be able to get in there. I ended up having to tell him, like, you know, the kids need me. And he said, well, if they need you, they need me too. And he started unplugging and he said, let's go. Like, if the kids need, need us, let's go. Whenever we felt that we were crumbling, we had like our Grace family, like our Grace community come alongside us. Literally, knocking, us, literally like, knocking on our door. Pushing us up, keeping us standing, praying for us, always praying for us. You go back, you go back every year, you should go back every year and they do what's called the quality of life and see how you're doing and see if they can help you out with anything. When we go back after the year, he wasn't supposed to make a year. So when we go back, the doctor's like, what, you're still alive? And the nurse came in and she's like, oh my gosh. So, cause we had gotten to know like the staff. Uh, and that's when they told us about a second surgery. Everybody came out and see me like a, like, like if they were seeing a rock star or something like that. <laughs> I can't believe this guy's still here. <laughs> and, it's funny uh, now, but it wasn't that. They told us about a different surgery that he could possibly qualify for, but he wasn't strong enough for it like his immune system was really low again we had to come back home we waited and once they were running labs every certain weeks every four or five weeks they would run labs so finally his labs are good and the doctor's like it's a go and we're like okay it's not a go because we didn't have the financial means to go again i mean you're talking about a third trip to omaha I remember we're doing a group with Andy and Adriana. We shared, you know, we have this and we can't. And they're like, what do you mean we can't? Everybody, like within a week, we got a plate sale running. They sold tickets. We got, and Mario got some grills. And like, it's just the church again. Like everybody just like <laughs> stepped it up and we had a plate sale and we got the funds. And I think for the first time I began to feel more appreciative than I did like weird about it because before I just felt like I felt uncomfortable that they were doing that for me. I remember something very specific that Mario told me at the at the plate till we were at the plate till I was very tired. He asked me like you do know you're going to heaven Arturo right? And I was yeah and he was you do know right you're going to heaven. Oh yeah yeah and and uh, 
and I said yes, but it kind of it's like it's still with me now. So you can you can only imagine the, the impact that it had on me, and how wonderful that is. Like to, to know that to know that that they know like 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 how you're so certain of that. That's wonderful. Like, and again, you know, just just emphasizing that I was where I needed to be at the right time. We knew he was going to go and have a difficult surgery that might or might not work. So we ended up getting baptized, both of us, before we went. Um, and, you know, they were able to help him to the point that he's here now. I mean, he still has to do infusions and stuff, but I, just his health, overall health and quality of life, which is what the doctors use that term, has improved significantly. He's no longer considered critical. No, he's considered stable. I'm stable. I think slowly we were starting to feel like normal again, like our family, like, you know, we were both working. In February of 2021, there's gonna be a snowstorm coming to Texas. And you know, that 2020, 2021, that school year, the pandemic had hit. So most teachers, including Arturo and I, were working from home, we're doing virtual. So I had the great idea to let's pack up our computers and drive to San Antonio because snow will probably not come to Laredo. And that first night there, doesn't snow. It doesn't snow. The second night, it doesn't snow. Pat says something to the effect, I'm really, like at night, I'm really worried that it's not gonna snow. And I'm like, Pat, it's gonna snow. I'm really worried about how we're gonna get out of here. The next Boy, morning, did it snow. It had snowed tons, like tons, and got all, you know, bundled up. And we took the kids out to like a park right behind Becca's house. And we had a blast. We did like five snowmen. It was, you know, a great time. But then the next day, well, it was still snowing and it was still really cold. We, we headed out the next day. We never anticipated that there would be no gas though. Gas station after gas station, nobody had light. Like they were not even open. So we finally find some in Encinal. If we made it all the way to Encinal, we, we wouldn't have made it past Encinal. Yeah, that, that was, we That's weren't gonna make it to Laredo. We yeah. um, and they had gas and food and light, so. Perfect. So he goes in one entrance and I run to the other one to get food because the kids are like super hungry. And so I, I'm pumping gas. Uh, we have a lot of kids, so I know she's gonna need help. I go in to 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 go help her. And I go in one entrance, and as I walk in to go look for her, she's not there. I said, okay, well I guess I guess she 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 went out or whatever. She had gone out the opposite door, and so there's no rush. I walk out, and the minute I walk out, I see her laid out on the floor. So I'm a football coach and uh, there's kids, there's always injuries and you see kids that are, that they get an injury and you walk on the field. And there's other, there's other kids that get really, just by the way they're laid out, you run out to the field because you know they're hurt. That's the way I saw Pat. I, I knew she was hurt. And the, I didn't know what had happened, but I knew she, 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 there was a truck close by, but I didn't know if she had been hit or what had happened. And when I get there, she's unconscious and she's bleeding profusely from her head. I start screaming, Pat, I start screaming, and Pat, like, and hysterically screaming at her to wake up. And, and she, she comes to, uh, and she has, she has no idea what, what happened. Uh, she's just in excruciating pain, crying in excruciating pain. And she's complaining about her leg. The driver of the truck 
had stated that he was looking down to open a drink that he had bought and had not seen her and had actually hit her. Well, we're still in the middle of the winter storm, so it takes some time for, for the ambulance to get there, the cops, they, they, they want to fly her. They want to fly her from there, from the site. They want to fly her to San Antonio. Uh, there's, there's no helicopters because of the weather, so they end up driving her to, to, to Laredo. We get a doctor's. And I get down immediately, and because of the COVID, they don't let me in. And sorry, sir, you, you can't come in. And like, what do you mean? And, and I'm hysterical, and I'm furious because they won't let me in. And my wife just came in, and like you, you know, like you know, I left her bleeding profusely from her head. And sorry, they'll, they'll give you a call. And so I called your sister to go pick up the kids, and we met uh, here down, down McPherson. We just met, I, 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 I left the kids off with her and I go back to doctors and I ask, I, I, knock, like I go to the door and say, how is, is uh, my wife, how is she doing? I said, sir, they've been looking for you, sir, you need to come in now. And so I knew something was very wrong because they didn't let me in and now, you know, now you need to be here. But she didn't look so good. They immediately told me that she had uh, several skull fractures and, and several leg fractures. And that uh, was a very, very, very scary time. And she was in and out. She didn't really know what had happened. I remember calling her mom. I, I felt that she needed to talk to her mom. And, and or her, they just needed to talk. That's that's how scared I was. There's, there's trying to find somebody to fly us to San Antonio. Nobody, nobody's willing to take the flights. The flights are canceled, all flights are canceled. Finally, at 11 o'clock at night, they, they tell us they found an ambulance and they say, you know, the thing is that they might not let you ride with her. Okay, well, I call my son and tell him I need you to bring the, the, the truck because I think I'm going to have to drive behind mom. So, so I'm going with you. Oh, okay, we'll go together. And eventually they let, they, uh, they let me ride the ambulance with her and they said that I could go horrible, horrible drive because the, the ice, the roads are completely frozen over, completely frozen over. We were doing 20 miles an hour the whole way there. The whole way, the, the truck is sliding in and off the road. Like we, like I felt like twice, I think, from, from the sliding around I had. And Pat is in, without meds, so Pat's in excruciating pain. Uh, the drive, it was so bad that the, the drivers eventually had to switch. One driver had to switch with the other one because the one was, was terrified and I don't blame her. It was, the conditions were horrible. So then eventually the driver asked me to drive if I was willing to drive. And I remember calling Duty, my son, and telling him, I'm driving, let's go. And so we took off and we weren't going 75, but we were easily doing 40. We had almost made it. Uh, we were on, on uh, I-10. And my son calls me and says, hey, if you haven't crossed the bridge, I need you to stop. And I, what do you mean stop? I can't stop. And he's, I was just in a really bad accident. Like there's a pile up to stop. Like there's no way I can stop. So everybody's in a panic, and so we try our best, but we slide off the road. Luckily, I I, I hit a flatbed truck. It was a big truck, and I gently slid into it, so there was no no real damage, no really no impact that would hurt Pat even more. And but the cars are coming, and the cars they're they're, they're coming. It's a, it's a major pile up. And so the drivers say, we need to move, get off the road and move to safety. So well, I'm not going to leave my wife here. And they're like, okay, we're going to go get help. And so, okay, thank you. We'll come right back. Let us go get help. 
And so I was able to climb out the window onto the flatbed, which were right next to me, and and get down and get in the truck, in the back of the truck with uh, the ambulance with, with Pat. And uh, I can see the cars coming from the back even better because, the, because of the windows and they're coming and they're coming and we know we're gonna get hit. And she was on the site, her bed was on the site that would have gotten hit had we gotten hit. And so even though I know not to move her, I get her out of the bed. And I, and I put her in the jump seat which is on the other side, and I put her seatbelt in and said, now we need to pray because we're going to get hit. I don't remember, uh, I don't remember almost anything, but I do remember him telling me we need to pray because this is it, this is it. And I remember thinking, what do you mean this is it? And, and he said, we're going to get hit. I remember him, like, grabbing me. And, so and, like this because we and were going to get started hit. praying. <laughs> I do remember that. The more I think about it, like, it, like God was right there with us, because we we didn't get hit, and we clearly saw. We both saw that it was it was a trailer, and I guess it just kept going to the point where I had to take my seatbelt off. I got up and to check through the other window where the truck had gone, because my son, remember, is still in the front. And so if it didn't slam into me, did it slam into my son and, and couldn't, couldn't find the trailer? And, and that just kept happening, kept happening. What seemed forever, it probably wasn't. Uh, I thought the drivers were not going to come back. They do. And, and uh, they come with a San Antonio Fire Department. And once they do, it, it was like complete relief. I think they just felt completely exhausted, couldn't stop crying. And, and they put her on the bed and they said, sir, you're going to have to help us get, get her off the ramp, the, the highway ramp. I said, yeah, absolutely, I'll help. help. We got to uh, Brooks to Brooks Army Medical, finally at seven in the morning, and they take her in, and they call me within 10 minutes, like immediately, and I was so happy. And they tell me that it's a question of when she's gonna have surgery, not if, brain surgery, right? I guess to fix this, the fractures mm -hmm. or whatever. My brain was swelling. And then the other thing, sir, is that you're gonna have to leave. And so we had to say goodbye, knowing perfectly well that if she, did get the surgery that the next time that I would see her that things might not be as good and I had to walk to the exit. Uh, I had to walk maybe two or three miles in, in the snow uh, before I finally made it out and the, crying the whole way because I'm terrified like, like I don't know where I'm at. I've never been here. I finally meet up with Duri. We finally find um, somewhere to, to eat and I'm comforting Duri who is, is completely broken, crying and crying. I don't want mom to have, I don't want mom to, I want mom to be okay. I don't want her to be affected by the brain surgery. We're, we're having dinner and Pat calls and says, hey, the surgeon just left. Surgeon said that her fractures had broken so. That they were surgically made, that the fractures were surgically made. So it, it allowed the expansion of my brain back. Like, he said, I've never seen anything like it, he said. And, you know, now, of course, they were surgically made. I mean, the surgeon of all surgeons did my fractures. Needless to say, we were, after all that, we were out of the hospital day, day and a half. It, it, it was a long road to recovery, but considering how scared and how bad and the accident was on paper, 
and, and I knew everything was gonna be fine. I knew I was gonna be okay. I knew the kids would be fine. Just some sort of peace that I have never felt before. They ended up sending me back to another hospital, a new restorative hospital. When I was there, I would meet through Zoom with like Ilda and Daisy and CJ and... You were in there eight weeks, two months, and that, that was also a very difficult time. You see, Pat didn't want to go and I knew she was going to be a rock star. I knew she, I knew she was going to kill it because she's a teacher. And so she, I knew she was going to take advantage and help others because that's just who she is. So once I started feeling better, like I was in my wheelchair, but I started uh, writing scripture in the dry erase boards around. I would wake up super early and I would put like positive messages all around. I would play my worship music super loud on my phone in the gym just to try to get this. You know, so, some people were struggling a lot. As I saw that it was starting to help other people, like I, it encouraged me. So I started being more like, I started spreading, like I had like all my little books, like, you know, and I, with the devotionals, I have like 10 of them and I would carry, like told them, bring me my teacher back because I carry tons. Started putting them all over. I started like a woman's group to just talk about, you know, being strong in faith and, you know, we're still the mom and we're still the, so I think it helped me a lot to be able to do that. It put me in a much better place, but... Yeah, it was, it was good. You didn't want to come back after that. <laughs> I wanted to stay. You know, Just kidding. I think we've been so blessed. And again, like, I can't tell you. Like, I can't even... I don't even know how our Grace family just found out about the accident and everybody jumped into gear once again. And I, I keep telling, like, you know, I keep saying, like, you know, sorry like the same family again here we go you know but and that's that's a good point because the way they found out is and, and i have a problem with community is i reached out and and i called pastor eddie as my family's in trouble and, and and we need help it doesn't i mean we're still a big mess like we're still we're it, a big mess with god in the middle <laughs> Like, exactly. We are blessed to be in this mess together. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, we're just like any other family. We have our troubles still today, as much as, you know, we lean on our faith and pray. But I mean, nobody, we're not perfect. We have a lot of problems. We still, Duri still gets to the doghouse every other day. I'm day. in the doghouse right now. Probably you're gonna laugh, but I am. <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. We're real, but we have God and He has us, so it's beautiful. So I would like to encourage like all of you guys just to plug yourselves into community. Like it made such a huge difference and such a big positive impact in our seasons that we've gone through. Uh, we couldn't have gone through it without you know our grace family around us so I was very reluctant to get myself in there and once I did like it's like this secret that I have and I just wish I could share it with everybody like get in there like even if you're like shy or worried or have anxiety about it like start going start plugging yourself in start serving and it's just gonna it's so much it's so rewarding to you that it doesn't like you you have no idea like missing out <laughs> I, I agree I, I, it's something that I truly struggle with even even to date it's something that for whatever reason it's hard for me to 
to reach out or, or accept help or tell anybody that what I'm going through is just a very difficult thing. But there's no other way. And there's just simply no other way. You gotta be in community, especially with your church. And, and Grace Bible Church makes it very easy. You get to lean on them and then you can be there for them when they need to lean on somebody. So we just fill each other's cup as, as, as we need to and close the gap. <laughs> Stand in the, in the gap for, for each other, so. There's no way I could have gotten through all these trials without community, without my, without my, without my church family. I've seen this video testimony many, many times. I lived through uh, this testimony with the Flores and I still get teary-eyed. You know, church, this is the only church I know. It might be a little biased, but I truly believe this is a church family and I think this is evidence of it. See, our mission is to lead our city into life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. Jesus Christ changes lives. And I love what Pat said, we're a big, happy family that's so messed up, but with God in the middle. And that's what grace is all about. I want at this time, guys, if you guys would just stand up and, and just put, put your hand over the floor, this family would be just as a symbolic way of praying over them and sharing that we are your family and they are part of our family. And like, I know their hearts, I know for me, your testimony has been so encouraging because this is what faith is all about. And how they've loved more on each other and more importantly, how they've fallen more in love with Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise for who you are and continue to be in our lives. And Father, this is what you called the church to be. To be a community that is messed up and in love with your son, Jesus Christ. To be a community that cares for one another, sharing each other's burdens, united in love. And Father, I thank you, Floor, for the Flores family and their love for you and their encouragement for all of us. Father, I know, I know that you have and continue to have a specific plan in their lives. And as your word says, Father, all things are for good. Not that all things are good, but all things are for good, for your purpose, for those whom love you. And Father, during this season, the long season as it may be, there weren't good things going on in the Flores family, but now as they look back, I know they look back and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for reuniting our marriage thank you for because of this because of these circumstances that we have come to know you father as our savior thank you jesus for giving us a community your church that loves upon each other more than anything father and father again i want to thank you for who they are and continue to be a family in love with christ a family in love with their church Father, we love you and we just keep asking for protection over them, asking for guidance, and more importantly, Father, asking that they more and more continue to be in love with your son, Jesus Christ, as we all should be. 
We love you, Father, and we praise you, and we say all these things in your son's name. Amen. Thank you, guys. We love you.